Welcome back to the Crown Refs Podcast for episode 244. This is the seventh installment of our Rapid Responses series as we break down different strategies, approaches, and effective responses for coaches. During this session, we cover how to stop listening to their in-game feedback and opinions while still maintaining our professionalism. We also discuss how to become more approachable and why we need to stop caring what coaches think of us and live with the results. We think this audio could offer you some breakthroughs that you can immediately apply onto the court. Uh, there are seven episodes of Rapid Responses now streaming on the Patreon app, uh, so if you'd like to listen to them, you can click the link in this episode description. Hope you had a great season, or if your season's still going on, you're finishing strong, and do me one last favor before you go. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. It's something that can be very controversial, and it can it can hurt a, an official's career if a coach doesn't like it. And why don't you like me? Because I don't look approachable. Because I didn't smile when I when I was running up and down the court. I guess my thing is, is like it's the difference between being professional and somebody liking you. Because that's those things that know you, like you, and trust you. Things it's all subjective. say hello to everybody, show everybody some love. Uh, Tonight we're going to work on some responses, talk about, I want to hear from you guys here how kind of your overall season went from a communication uh, perspective, how you feel you've you've grown as a communicator with the coach, how have your conversations improved with kind of our training and what we've been working on. I also want to hear which responses you've had difficulty responding to. What has a coach said to you this year that just stumped you? Um, and if you guys can kind of recount some some recent games and interactions you have with coaches, I uh, would love to, to jam with you guys there. This is just something that's we, we always need to be working on. You know, um, it, it, it's we have to be lifelong learners when it comes to communication, you know, and definitely on the basketball court. Um, we got to practice these things uh, because if you want to have them at your disposal, it needs to be always fresh in your mind. Like I've, I've been walking away from some recent games lately and I haven't been using like the tools that I know I have. Um, whether they be like, you know, just calling a coach, uh, you know, you need to act more uh, professional or just some of the empathetic responses that we've been working on. And I'm like, damn, why did I forget it in the moment? Like, I want to do a better job, like, in a pregame, thinking of just a couple quick hitters that I'm going to say to a coach in order to de-escalate and kind of be that uh, thermostat to, to cool the temperature down. Um, so want to open it up to um, anybody who wants to speak about a recent interaction they've had with a coach. Um, maybe you gave the coach a warning, a technical foul, or you're just responding to a coach or something that they said that you couldn't respond to. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, so um, I think one thing I'll, t- I'll definitely um, talk about, like basically like which I which I wouldn't do like 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 the previous season. One season ago, I did not have the the confidence to diffuse something like with a head coach when their assistant was keeping on talking. And in a recent um, JV game, like I told um the like like I had a like like I made a foul call and the and the person who's the varsity head coach who um and while in the, in the JV game they're just an assistant. 
they started complaining about like this foul from the bench and and like I told the JV head coach I said like hey coach if your assistant has any questions about any calls or plays tell him to let you know so you and I can talk about it and and from that situation that that assistant coach didn't say anything the rest of the game that's great well played we we empower the assistant when we speak directly to him in during times of like game management situations meaning not times when they just come ask us a question it's almost like we throw fuel on the fire when we speak directly to that assistant coach so i like that you went right to the head coach if he has any questions have him ask you and then me and you can have a conversation about it and um, and i've also kind of to have also picked my moments when 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 it's in the right approach with 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 a couple nice step calm walk approach to show that i'm not like sh- not not fueled by the situation um so so i can calmly have a casual and courteous conversation with that head coach now, i know early in the year we were trying to to shorten your responses cuz i felt like they were a little bit long have you found yourself um, been able to like communicate effectively in, in a little bit shorter of a time frame? It's it's been easy, quick and short, and right to the point. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I think for me, honestly, before I was with you, Paul, no one no one has talked to me about communication with the coach, and um, and I was bringing this up to the area supervisor for officials in Kansas, where I am in the first meeting of the season with all the officials, you have to go over communication with coaches. And he did finally agree with, with that. This is something that we need to ensure that all officials have confidence of to communicate with a coach. Yeah. And that's why it's so wide open so wide open for us to really uh, deep dive into this discipline because it's hard and you're right. We don't hear much education about it um, for many reasons. I think, I mean, I think us as officials are soft, including myself sometimes. I think we, we let the coach get away with too much and just historically we have a soft persona when it comes to the coach. And I've observed that the officials that aren't soft take it to the other extreme and are just egotistical and are like, not going to call them names, but like, you know, they could come across maybe like a jerk. So the officials that aren't soft and really handle business. Now I know there's a lot in between that, that do, but I just, I'm speaking very generically right now. I think we're soft at times when it comes to coaches because they're, they're the ones putting the pressure on us. And you know, so I'm just glad that that we can formulate these responses, and it has um, um, and, an, an impact. But um, also, when you're using communication with a coach, you have to use your critical incident skills and situational leadership skills in this situation as well. Yeah, I think we also need to stop caring if they if they think we're good or they they like our response or they like our call. We need to like totally let that go out of our system and not care. I'm not saying you're going to have a your intent is to do a great job. So it's not like you're you're giving off that attitude, but whatever, you know, you put your best foot forward and you live with the results. 
And, you know, have, a lot of times coaches are going to walk away and, and think we didn't do a good job or, oh, that person can't communicate or, or this and that. And we need to just stop factoring in their opinions, yeah, I think. And, yeah, and, yeah, and Paul, and the one thing, the one thing, too, that I haven't responded to coaches on, especially when they give the statement, like, with, with like, let them play a little more. A very generic thing to say. You hear that from fans and parents. Let them play. The same person that says let them play is the person that says call the foul. So that's just another thing. Um, you know, if you choose to ignore it, that that that's fine. You know, we don't have to respond to all comments. One of the skills is knowing what to respond to, what to ignore. You know, you could call it selective ignoring or selective listening, whatever whatever side you want to pick. Um, I want to hear from a couple new members. Jason, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your communication approach with coaches. How have you done this year? Take me through some recent interactions you've had. Uh, me, I'm pretty conversational. They ask questions. I'll answer questions. I mean, as long as it's improve um, the game, if they get to a point where it becomes a habitual thing, then I'll cut them off. When I cut them off, I'm done with them. How do you cut them I, off? Depends on depends on where where the situation escalates. If they ask if I bring five plays to the table and all five times they ask about a play, I'm say, hey, coach, you're done. I'm not gonna have a conversation anymore because every you know you're not gonna ask a question on every single play, and we'll just be done from that point. If it gets to a point where they get um, irate or do something that uh, brings down the game, then we'll warn them. If it becomes something that's demonstrative, then we might tee them up. But I haven't had to tee up but one coach that yelled. My partner was terrible. And, and you teed him up for that? Teed him up, and he goes, he's just terrible. So teed him up. I respect that. And then he said, I don't think I deserve that one. I said, you said he's terrible. I said, you made it personal. Because you're right. Most coaches don't understand that. And, I, and I've polled a lot of officials this year. Because I had that play earlier this year where I gave I gave a coach a technical foul because he called my partner terrible, and I think we need to be more universally on the same page with that. Where it's most you know most of the times that's just a technical foul. We need to do a better job stepping up for our partner. But I pulled a lot of partners in the pregame, and most of them don't have a technical foul. They would not give a technical foul. They would handle it differently. However, if a coach told them that they're horrible or their play is horrible, most agreed that that's an automatic technical foul. So my question is, where is the disconnect? Why are we going to treat our partners any different than us? I think it brings the game down. When it gets to a point where it's personal, that it's away from basketball, and I think then, then there's rules that we have, there's tools in our tool belt that we need to utilize, utilize them effectively. Um, those things need to be addressed and addressed accordingly because that's personal. He's terrible or he's cheating or he sucks is the personal thing that's away from basketball. I think that regardless if it's directed towards us or our partner, I think we need to handle it with the same uh, same same regard. Yeah. That makes sense. And this is another example of why I think we can be soft at times because we're the coach isn't coming after us. He's coming after our partner. So it's almost like, woof, 
I'm good. He ain't talking talking to me like that. I'm good. It's like no. No, like you, you say Paul, it's hey, it's John. Would you say yeah. that like he's terrible or he sucks is kind of the basement of that technical fall? Like if he's killing us or he's you know, you gotta help him, all that. You know, gotta help him is different. It. You gotta help him is yeah. different. That's fine. We can that's 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 not a technical foul unless you know he says a demonstrative or there's other things that followed. Um, I want to make sure I get to your question. What were you saying about the the floor of you sucking? Yeah, like the, yeah, is that basically our our floor for where we're starting the technical fall? We kind of upgrade from there, you know, in terms of what comments he makes. I'm not. She makes. I'm not sure. I, I I only do it a case by case basis. You suck to me sounds super obvious. Like that's not even something we need yeah. to talk about, right? I agree. Um, I agree. So I think. I mean, yeah, I think we need to grow. I, I guess. What do you got? The best thing when I see is he's killing us. Or, he's, no, killing he's killing us. Again, yeah. again, um, we dictate the terms of the dialogue. We're not going to have conversations if the word kill is in it. We need to remove that word from our con- the conversation. A lot of refs will just allow that to be the narrative. The narrative you are having a conversation about is my guys are getting killed. Good luck answering that without addressing the word killed. Whoa, 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 coach. If we're going to have a conversation, we need to use realistic terms. Are you saying your player got fouled? Because we're not going to, we're not using the word killed. And and if you call them on that, they always backtrack. Let me rephrase. When they're talking about my partner being, you know, his calls are killing us, like killing up a, I, uh, a team. Right. I'm aw- Same I, thing. No, but that's ex- that's exactly what I was addressing. Oh, I see. Okay, you're just you're kind of flipping it. I thought maybe that like the fouls were killing. Uh, so it's more like your play. Your, your partner's calls. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still, we're not using yeah. we're not using kill. We have to address that. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know, like killed. We're getting slaughtered. <laughs> you say slaughtered. We're not even talking about the play anymore. Your play. Your play is irrelevant now. I'm talking about your language. And I, and I don't think too many officials are like, you got to almost snatch the conversation up sometimes when they, you got to play offense when they give you that opportunity. Like if I'm listening to a coach and he says killed, that my green light's going off. I'm, I'm now going to take over the conversation. I'm not going to say, all right, coach, I hear you. We'll watch for it after you just said that. It's like, no, 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 coach. You know, I, I'm very approachable. If you have a question, I'm very reasonable. If you want to talk about a play. But if you're going to use words like killing and crushed, then we can't have a legit conversation. I'm going to need you to speak more professionally than that. Is that fair? No, you're totally right. You're totally right. I didn't mean he got killed. I was just saying, you know, I think we're getting hit down on the other end. Okay. If you're getting hit, then, then I'll watch for it. See how we, we brought the conversation right back in our wheelhouse there? For sure. Yeah, for sure. What else? Kind of going on that thing. I think we need to stop addressing statements as much. In games that I've worked this year, a lot of officials want to address statements, and it causes dialogue that's not needed with coaches. That is true. That is true. However, that can't be our singular strategy, because if you just go into the game ignoring statements, then you're saying that they could say anything they want, minus 
you addressing them with a technical foul, like you're not even going to manage any of their statements? Well, it all depends on what, what statements or that need to be addressed and managed. Like if he says, hey, he got hit. I think we sometimes go in there and you know, we we open up dialogue. We open up Pandora's box by trying to communicate sometimes when they've moved on on the play and we come two trips later when we're in front of them and talk to them about the play. Right, they move past. right. Good point. Okay. Good point. And and here's where our mistake is. We're we're opening up Pan, we're opening up the door and we're talking about the play instead of addressing the way we're communicating. And and I and I think what you said is correct. We don't have to respond to a statement, but we may have to respond to the way they're making a statement. Like just because you're just because you're talking to me about a play doesn't mean I have to talk to you about that play, but I may want to talk to you about the way you, you're talking to me about that play. Absolutely. Like yelling, screaming, hopping up off the bench real quick, stomping at you and so forth. Absolutely. Those things need to be addressed. But as far as just conversational statements, I think we, we approach them sometimes and, and open up conversations that lead to other things that we don't need to bring in the game. Hundred percent, and and we want to close doors. We don't want to just open, you know. I the the ideal relationship between a coach and a ref, in my opinion, is zero. Is zero interactions. There's nothing they need to talk to us about. There's nothing we need to talk to them about, unless unless we're granting timeouts or there's a a rule in question or an administrative thing in question. I think the best games are when a coach just coaches his team and a ref just refs the game. Ideally, I think we would all agree. So, no, we don't want to be initiating a lot of conversations unless we need to address issues. I want to get to Fabio. Fabio, I want to um, hear from you about how your season went with um, communication with coaches and, and the managing of bench decorum. Fabio there. Let's take it to Mike, Michael Evans. Michael, how are you, sir? Mike might be at the gym. No, no, I'm just leaving the gym. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's going on? How was your workout? Good, good. Real quick one. So, Mike, we're, talk, we're talking, talking about go ahead. Talking coaches? Yeah. Or just, just, yeah, coaches, you know, responding to coaches, managing benches. Um, could be the players too. Um, give us an update on your season and some of your recent in, uh, interactions. Um, you know, I feel like this is the hardest part mm-hmm. of the game. You know, because you know everyone wants. I know I heard Paul say we shouldn't care if the coaches like us. You know, everyone wants the coaches to like us. I mean, I think that's just human nature. We want everyone to like us, you know? And um, I try my best for them to like you know, but I noticed that their job is to win the game. You know, that's their job. And if they if they see any weakness or if they feel like we could talk about plays and call like, he's getting hit, hand check, hand check, he's hand check, and then he feels like we're going to start calling hand checks, and it works sometimes, he did his job. You know, um, it's a thin line with 
for me to be honest because I, I can't be all in on the we shouldn't care because I, we all know how much power the coaches have and and if we're being re- honest you know with if a coach says he doesn't want me at their gym i'm probably not gonna be at their gym you know but at the end of the day we shouldn't care that much but try to build a relationship and a dialogue so it's really a a hard line and i I think paul does a great job with it and i'm not really that good with it so i I tend to just not talk to a coach you know unless if my first year in the league you know if he asks questions that's fine but i'm not gonna go and like i heard i think jason or the last person i was speaking said you know, we won't go to the coach and remind him as a play. Like three, four plays down, if they talked about hand check, and now we have a chance to talk to him. You know, <laughs> that's hmm. just that's just gonna bring him back to yeah where we were. So uh, it's tough. Listen, you're not you're not carrying. I'm not saying carry the attitude that I don't care what you think, coach. I'm not. We're not gonna reveal that. I'm not revealing that. And I know I'm taking a very non-traditional approach, um, but I think it's a necessary one. And and when you're trying to and when you're innovating, you're going to go against the grain a little bit, you know. A hundred percent. I and honestly, I agree with. I wish we could just not talk, and you know that I wish that. But I wish we could change it. Let's change it then. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It's- but that's an unrealistic approach coming from a coach. There's plays that I need clarification for so I can go tell my player, hey, you know, don't do this or this is what you're doing to keep him on the floor. Or, hey, I think that, you know, you might have missed something. So let's, let's bring this to your attention because, hey, you might not see, you know, 23s, uh, you know, on the screens. Well, I think at some point we can't just immediately just shut off coaches from – Bringing information in the game because they're right sometimes. Well, what do you mean? Valid. What do you mean? Shut them off? Who's shutting them off? Well, I mean, I, if you went back to the point of you think a great game is when there's no coach official dialogue. I think that sometimes coaches bring up good points, and I think that sometimes it might help the game if they they bring something in there that we might not have seen. You know what's funny? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, you know, coaches are just strictly giving us bias advice because they're, they want their team to win. It's like, Absolutely. how could we listen to somebody who is, who is trying to sell us so his team wins? He's, trying, he's, he's giving us things to look for to call fouls for his team, which I understand, but I don't understand how it helps. So you're absolutely right. Everybody's got a bias towards their team. So let's say, for instance, you have a play, you know, his kid gets grabbed. He's like, hey, can you watch 23? He's grabbing him. It's uh, going down there. Now that play right there that you might have missed a grab, the next time you see it, it brought to your attention. That might help instead of a kid, you know, leading to something else. So there's plays, you know, that I'm not even a, even have an idea of what's going on in the coach saying, he got grabbed. Well, now I have some information because I haven't seen the play. I have no information on the play. 
So now I can make sure that there's nothing illegal coming on. Well, I think that there's information that they see, obviously, from, from a biased standpoint, but I, I don't think that they have, that we have to shut them off, per se. I think that we still have to give them some credibility to a certain degree because sometimes they are given, you know, things in the game that are valid. Now, let me ask you. No, it does, I understand what you're saying. Let me ask you. You miss a hold, and the coach lets you know about it. And he, as you say, brought you information. When, when have you ever called a hold on that same player again? When has that play ever happened again to you? Where, where it was like, wow, that coach's, that coach's advice really helped me. Then I internalize it, and I say, well, maybe I need to get a better angle because I didn't get a good look on that play. But so I'm, it helps me. Hey, maybe I didn't get a good angle on that play, and I internalize it, and it makes me, you know, self-reflect at that point. I, I think, you, I, I, yeah. Well, I know, but I don't. I don't think you should be listening. I think you should be showing them that you're a good listener and that you're you're here to service the game. And okay, uh, you're you're bringing me your opinion of a play. I'm listening to it. I'll tell you. I'll watch for it. That's cool. We can present that in a professional courteous manner but i don't think you should actually be taking that information and using it i don't necessarily use it i just i process it and see what 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 needs to be listened to what needs to be addressed and what what doesn't need to be addressed does that make sense it does but i don't think you should be processing what a coach is telling you so for instance let's say that 23 sitting in an illegal screen and coach is going berserk all night. Well, how many illegal screens is he setting? Are we talking about one player the entire? Or... Yeah, that's, he said, that's the third illegal screen he's set all night. And, okay, you see 23 and the exact play happens that the exact same thing he's done that we, that you see. Now you're watching 23 on the screen and it's the same play that he's talked about three or four times in a row. But Did I'm... you, like what? Is illegal about it? Let's say he sticks out his butt. Like they do on the on the dribble handoffs. They'll dribble at him, stick out his butt, displace him. And then we pass on the first one. Then we pass on the second one. You know, in games, you know, you'll pass on the third one, and then the coach is like, What do I gotta do now? And so I don't necessarily think that it's, it's I, I give them standpoint of they have some credibility and they lose it and uh working in high school different than working in college so i work with guys that lack experience sometimes so the information they give kind of helps helps me process it the higher level game it's a little bit different i I, from my standpoint the information. No, I get it. I mean i understand where jason's coming from he's kind of he's saying like you know there's there's a filter right you know, we can listen to coaches, but it's just like listening to fans. You know, fans are in the stand yelling, oh, you're terrible. Oh, that was a foul. You can pretty much ignore almost 99.9%, 100% of the stuff the fans are saying, right? But the coaches kind of have some merit because they're on the floor and they're watching the same game we're watching. They may not necessarily have, like, uh, the same angles that we have, but at the same time, I feel like we can't ignore them 100% because they may be bringing some information that we may be missing. Cause we're not perfect either, you know. So I do, I do the same thing. I filter out some of the things that the coaches are saying, just depending on the circumstance, you know. 
if he's saying, man, they're banging us up down there in the post. Okay, coach. And I'm not telling you I'm going to watch it just so that you can shut up and stop talking to me. I'm saying, you know, okay, I'll check it out and see what's going on down there. Now, if I go down there and it ain't no banging up going on and I'm coming back down the court and you're yelling at me about banging, then I might have to stop listening to you for a little bit because what you're saying is not valid. Most of the things they say are not valid. You know, you think so? I think they they give us spam for the reasons I listed before. They're they're emotionally invested in the in the game. They want to win, so they're not giving you information to help the other team. That's one of the ways no, they manipulate of us. Of course not. It's one of the ways yeah, they manipulate I, us. I agree. So, I can say though that I have had well, some times they'll say some things to me, and and what they say is actually happening. Yeah, coach, I look for it. I, I, I see it. I look for it. You know what I like to try to do, and it doesn't work all the time. You know, like I, I had a game the other day. It was like a big man. He wasn't. He was initiating all the contact. He was getting double teamed, and the other for one team, and the other team, his big man was playing one on one, getting to the rim, not initiating the contact, and he was getting foul calls. Right. So the coach wanted to know he's getting. He, he's getting hit the same way. And I try to bring... I'm, I mean, I'm not a coach by any means. Don't get me wrong. But I like to try to bring basketball sense into it. Coach, he's not getting... It's not the same play. Your player's getting double-teamed the whole time from the high post. This guy's going in the block, making a move one-on-one. Like, try to bring some basketball mm-hmm. lingo in it. So it's not like we're just saying, okay, shut up. And that could work too, you know? But, like, try to bring, throw something out so he knows that, like, we know what we're talking about. Like, we're watching the whole game as a whole. We're not just watching, like, a player goes to the rim and he gets fouled. Why is he getting to the rim and why is he getting fouled? Did he use a string? Is it a big or a little? Try to throw some basketball stuff out of coach because coaches understand basketball lingo. You know, just, I've been trying to switch that up. I don't know if it works, but, Mm -hmm. you know, just bringing stuff into the game. So, like, on plays where coaches trying to compare two plays that you feel are different, you'll go ahead and give them more specifics of why they're different? Correct. As there's no same play. There's no same anything. We all know that. I mean, maybe it's not – it could work saying, coach, it's not the same play, and it could be uh, left alone. Or we could just actually, if we have that time, if it's out of bounds or someone's picking the clock, Explain to him why it really isn't the same. Like, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Just try new things. Yeah. One one simple uh, quick hitter we we say when coaches like, it's the same call, it's the same call. Carmelo, what do you got on that? Coach says it's the same call. Same same thing down there. I mean, they're not similar. I have legal right here. I have legal on this end. I was like, that player did illegal on the other end. You said they're not. I mean, like, they're not I said they're not similar. You said they're not similar? Or alike, one of the two. I get confused with the two. But yes, I mean, I would explain to him what his player is doing illegal down there and why it's legal down here. Yeah, I like that. And and if they use the the word same, then similar can be um, 
a good tool to kind of differentiate between exactly the same. And yeah, I see what you're saying. It's similar, but it's not the same. Very rarely two plays with the same coach. I hear you. It was a little, it was similar, but, uh, you know, we had, a, we had two different plays. What did you see? Um, let me ask you guys. And I, try to, and I try to, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Mike. We're good. I try to say, like, if he says, we're getting the same foul or whatever, we're getting hit the same way, whatever the coach says, I try to say, before we got to talk about your, your player, was that a foul? Do you agree that is a foul? Let's start there. Mm. Or so just to build, just because we don't have that much time to sit there and talk. So if we throw something out and then he can agree with us, oh, yeah, it was a foul. Okay, let's start there. Just, you know, just human nature just talking. So we're trying to, we, we don't really care what he has to say. You know, we don't, we can't tell him we don't care. But just make him feel good. That's, that's the name of the game, to be honest, to me. It's been working for me, you know? And let him get the last word. Who cares? Like this, we know that whatever he says, we're not like discard. Like on to the next play. But to him and, or her, it makes her feel good, you know. And that's all. It's better for the game when coaches feel good, refs feel good, players feel good. You know. I like how you you made the coach answer your question there. Somebody have some? Was that? Uh, yeah, Donald. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Donald. Hey, this is CJ here. What's up, guys? I'll see you. What's up? Yeah, I love that you said make him feel good because I was just talking to my wife earlier about this very thing. And, um, I mean, it works in real life, too, and just general communication, but especially in basketball. People don't remember what you said. They don't remember. They might remember a little bit how you said it, but they always remember how they felt when they were talking to you. I think that's always a takeaway for – in interactions, um, especially with coaches, because they're you guys have been saying a lot of good things about. I mean, you can. I, it, for me, it's a personal problem. I, they think I'm unapproachable, and I'm not. I am. I, I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything, but I don't know if it's my face, um, whatever it may be. That is an ongoing theme that they can't talk to me, and coaches have power, so. Make them feel good and let them have the last word. That's something that I'm really hoping to implement from here on out. Thanks for sharing, CJ. Talk to me real quick. What's the correlation between you um, having the perception that you're unapproachable and then what we talked about the other day when you said you've, you've kind of avoided the coaches as well? Is that have, do they have, do they, are they connected there? Definitely, definitely. I think, um, like, what's been going on in this chat is we're talking about maybe what's the benefit of throwing the coach a bone or really listening. Um, Personally, this past season, I had a couple of plays that players maybe come up to me and say, hey, what about down here? Like, you didn't see blah, blah, blah. I say, where did he hit you? And then they show me, like, and then I look on film and I'll make the – they might have been right. Like, so just that inner dialogue, I think, is good to have. It's good to just clear your own conscience during the game. Like, OK, maybe I did. Now we can move on instead of um, what may have been feeding into my approach of 
getting comments from observers like you seem to be avoiding coaches this and that because i'm like oh i'm already decided just like the coach has already decided like half the time they have a question for you they already know the answer or they don't even want an answer they just want to have a confrontation for the show um so and that and that has kind of like probably created problems if i had just communicated or thrown a bone earlier then i wouldn't be all the way up against the fence now where they can't talk to me um i think roger and like mike would say they and one of my bosses actually they they do surveys for their coaches and their leagues and they ask him would you rather have a referee who gets all their plays right or would you rather have a referee that you can talk to resoundingly the coaches want a referee they can talk to and that is and that's referees. broken and that is broken the fact that they would rather for their ego have someone that they can just vent to aka complain to versus someone yep. that's accurately getting the plays right and that's why that's insane. I, I know and that's what gets me to the next thing why i feel like us saying we got the call wrong is a strategy that i very rarely used I think it's a, that's a first-generation response. Like, oh, questionable call? Yeah, I, I might have got it wrong, coach. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not giving up that leverage. I'm just not quick to give that up. Now, I understand if I totally blow something, it's obvious. And he calls me on it. I have no problem saying, you know, I got that play wrong. That was my fault. I hated that call. You know, I've done that. It's just, oh, what'd you get? Well, can you I give ask that up to a player? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would Would you give that up to a player? If I If I'm 100% I missed the call, then then I have no problem saying that. All I'm saying is I I very rarely am faced with that where I feel like I need to say I missed that. I would rather say you may be right or I might have I might have missed that. I got it right too, <laughs> but we leave that part out. Yeah, we do leave that part out. Because they'll always be combative about that. Adriana, what were you going to ask? No, I, that, you already answered the question. That's what I was going to ask. You know, maybe if they, what if they approached you in a different light and you feel like you may have gotten it Because you're not 100% on that call. It's not one of those easy, oh, yeah, it's out of bounds, off Boo's foot, no big deal. It's one of those bang, bang plays where it's like, damn, I think I got that one right. I feel comfortable with my call, but I'm not 100% certain. So would I would I would I have a different approach then you're saying if, if they're more respectful about it? Uh no, not necessarily them being more respectful about it. It's kinda of in the same context, but you mentioned you already answered it. You said that you would tell them, Yeah, I may I may have missed it. Or I may have gotten that wrong and not so much the yeah, I kicked that one. Yeah, I just think we can do much better than than that. I think that's just the easiest thing to do. And I understand I'm I'm totally with accountability and transparency and trust and taking the initiative when you get something wrong. I'm, I'm big on those themes, but that doesn't mean that I have to be quick to say I got a call wrong because I, I look at the coach, I don't know, my relationship with coach, I look at it as, as leverage. Like I'm not giving up any leverage unless I have to because I want to I wanna control the conversations. I do. I do because I've been out of control of... I've or I haven't had control 
for so many years and that's not a good feeling. I, I like the feeling now of like, I mean, I feel like I controlled the benches, you know, all year to the best of my ability with this strategy and, and, um, I don't know. It's just some some of my thoughts. I, I feel like we're, we're very quick to say we got to play wrong because we know the coaches like to hear that. Right. Yeah, I I agree with you 100. percent Um, but since we're on the topic, let me ask: Does any has anybody else heard of the KLT? No, you like you trust you. Thing? Nope, Tony Stigliano. Yeah, Tony Stigliano. 100. percent Talk about that. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I'm not familiar. Please share. Okay, so the KLT stands for know you, like you, or know, like, trust, right? And the theme is that if the coaches and the players know you, like you, and trust you, then you're pretty much in the door. So the reason why I was asking is because that's kind of like a, uh, I would say it's a Southern theme since Tony Stigliano runs majority of the South region, Texas. You kind of have to go through him to get the smaller level college games or you can start refereeing the higher levels unless you go outside of the state. And so, like, that's pretty much the premise of all of the referees that come through in the South. And not that I necessarily agree with it, but it's something that's kind of carried out as a tradition, you know, and I'm just kind of curious to know how you guys feel about that or what, what, what your thoughts are on it. I agree. I do, too. I do, too. I, I think that we, you know, we have the power of the whistle. And even though we know that the call is right, or we're pretty, pretty sure that the call is right. A player that's venting respectfully or asking a question or, 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 or inquiring, you know, I don't, I don't think that we have to tell them that they're wrong. We can we can say you know strip phrases, you know I understand or just keep your hands up next time or you know or something to that extent to to let them know that we understand what they're saying, but we're not going to change our call, right? So, but let them know that we we we, we do understand, and that's the same thing you know we're, we're dealing with coaches if they talking respectfully, right? you know, um, professional communication, um, and they're talking about play Pacific, then we can answer that and we can use basketball lingo. Um, but we have to be likable out there. And I'm working on that too, uh, CJ. You know, I was told that as well. You know, I was told that when I report my file and uh, go to the table that I see unapproachable, right? You know, I'm not looking at the coaches. I'm not making any eye contact. And we just have to be professionals out there. And then as soon as they cross that line, we have to have the, the character to tell them, hey, coach, that's enough. You know, now our conversation is done. You know, and that don't mean that next dead ball, he might have another question. Right. So that's 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 where I'm going with it. Um, we have to be approachable out there and we don't we don't have to be. You know, not approachable. How about that? Yeah. And thanks for adding well, that. What does that look like, though? What does what look like? Well, I think that looks. What does what does that look like? You know, because I've been told I I've been told that in the past, like, hey, 
you know, you're out there on the floor and you don't look approachable. Okay, well, how do I not look approachable? Or well, you're you're not smiling. You don't look like you have, right. uh, like you. Well, I'm focused out here. You know what I'm saying? It's a basketball game going mm-hmm. on. It's a high intensity, high intensity game. I got you know players mashing a ball in the rim. I got players running up and down the court. I got players talking to each mm-hmm. other. I got a lot going on. I'm out here focused. You know what I mean? So it, it's a fine line for me with the no like and trusting because that's subjective. And the reason why I was asking you guys about your opinion on it is because it's something that can be very controversial and it can it can hurt a, an official's career if a coach doesn't like them. And why don't you like me? Because I don't look approachable. Because I didn't smile when I when I was running up and down the court. You know, so I... I guess my thing is, is like it's a difference between being professional and somebody liking you because that's those things that know you, like you, and trust you thing, it's all subjective. And you have to kind of build that credibility with the coach, which kind of sets you up to whatever their judgment is and whatever their opinions are. You know, Roger Ayers on, on his podcast, right? He, he said that, <laughs> he goes up to the coaches and asks them, you know, before the second quarter, are you pretty good? You know, anything you want to talk about? You know, are we in a good spot? I mean, that 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 tells you right there that you know, of course, of course, he's in the coaches league, right? So, but you got to cater to what you what you got, and that doesn't mean that you know our calls are not going to be correct or that we losing any power out there, but we have to be somewhat of a you know, approachable, a team player, you know, um, because they, they can end your career, right? Especially the higher level you go, um, they can they can have a lot to do with which, where you want to go. The best way they're going to like you, a player and a coach, is if you get the calls right. In my opinion, Right. They want accuracy. They they. The more incorrect calls, the more conversation we have, the more game management we have to do. You know, and and they're self aware enough to be accountable. Adriana, have you gotten that feedback since you've been a Division One ref that you're not approachable, or is this something you got on the lower levels in your first couple years? Uh, it was something I got on the lower level. Okay. I think it's a lower level critique. I, you know, now you're at a spot where it's like you've, you know, you've earned your way to that position and you're not going to, you're not going to hear they're not approachable. That's, that's just a subjective call by a coach who probably, you know, was losing. It's their first time meeting you. So it's like completely unfair. Right, yeah, because I hardly have any opinions about the coaches that I meet for the first time, you know, other than, you know, um, he he either was, was argumentative during the game, but nothing, you know, to the effect of this coach was not approachable or this coach was mean to me, you know what I mean? Because it's all in the emotion of the game. That's how people respond to the games. So, CJ, back to you. They're calling you unapproachable. Is this because you're not like addressing enough things um you're ignoring their questions like why would somebody say you're not approachable and i don't care that they say that here's here's back to what i'm saying not caring about what the coaches think so i don't want you to look too deep into the reputation that you have but i want to kind of help you improve at it a little bit 
some direct feedback that I got from one of my D3 supervisors before he even hired me. I went to his camp several times and I didn't get picked up. And I just reached out over email and straight up asked him, what is it about me that makes me not get hired by you? And he told me specifically, he said, thanks for asking him. Since you asked, I'll tell you, it's your face. (laughs) I mean, and and it's like you all talking about earlier, like, you're out here, you're focused, you're doing your thing, you're, you got a million different things to, to be aware of. And I might just be one of those people that has a look of intensity when I'm focused on things. And I have to be aware of that because he said that it's off-putting to coaches, players, and fans. And even though, how I'm like, how stupid is that? How sensitive can they be? But that's it's just the world we live in. People love being sensitive they love being outraged over the most trivial things um what else what else did he say um said you work hard at this so you need to give off the impression that you are enjoying what you're doing so smile more talk more engage more um yeah it's just kind of putting on that facade really because i'm not here to be anybody's friend i'm here to serve the game and get my calls right. And that's that's my main goal. Is CJ, are you from Texas? No, I'm I'm in Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, CJ, where in Virginia? I currently live in Richmond, but I'm from the western part of it. Oh, nice. CJ, Coach's perception in Texas is because it starts in high school where they basically can tell you if you can work their games or not. I think that's why it goes over to Tony's leagues. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. I don't really know where it starts, but I know that, you know, it. the majority of officials, in order to progress at the higher levels, they have to go through. Um, they have to go through Tony. Um, so I wouldn't say that the high school coaches have as much of an impact, but I do think that the coordinators, like, you know, CJ was just saying, you know, why can't I get hired? And this guy that's assigning these leads, like, you don't look approachable. So now CJ has to go look at himself in the mirror and make himself look approachable. How many other officials have to have to do that? So I think that the, uh, that the assigners set the tone, really, to be honest. CJ, this was a few, you, few years ago, though, no? Uh, yeah, this was in, um, I went to camp like 2015, 16, 17, and I got hired in 17. Have you followed back up with that assigner about your improvement in this category? I mean, about that specifically, I think it's it's been talked about, not like a, just a direct, hey, how's my face now, but... Um, the feedback I got this season was uh, I need to be 100%, stay in your area, and just, I think he just said be more willing to talk to coaches. CJ, if, And that was some feedback I got I had observed too. If, if I'm a coach in your game and you're the ref, how many times are you going to let me complain onto the court before you address me? 
into like, the, like the could, playing floor, not like it could person be, to person? It could be me shouting, that's a travel. It could be me yelling across the court, how is that a foul? It could be me signaling travel or I got hit in the arm. Like, just three complaints, right? I got very low tolerance for that. You got very um, low tolerance. So what's your approach if I complain twice? onto the court like I shout once and then I, that's a travel that's a foul CJ come on what, what's next yeah if it's if it's directed directly at me I'm gonna wait till I'm nearby or you know give a visual from across the floor maybe just a hand down at the waist or coach will talk later or if I'm near the coach I'll say look you I'm happy to talk to you but you can't be waving your arms around and doing signals that's i'm not gonna tolerate that but i'm especially big on um protecting my partners especially lesser experienced ones if if they're getting yelled at from across the floor i'm probably just gonna immediately issue a technical foul so if a coach is shouting across the court from your partner you're gonna go tech pretty much every time or a warning, bench warning. In both high school and college? Yeah. No, listen, I, I I like I like that you're have a backbone and you're you're tough. We can work with that. But I mean just to say if they shout across the court every time it's gonna be a warning or a tech, I don't know how realistic that is. Um since we're talking about approachability, you know, one response, which is I'm sure everybody's heard me say, is when I'm going to address a coach, it could be about anything, I lead with, I'm, hey, coach, I'm very approachable. Can you try adding that as an introductory line before you get into your message? I'll definitely try that. Like, just to hear that word out of your mouth, the first thing that you say, sets a really good tone for the rest of the conversation. Because you're letting him know that you're, you're um, a good listener and that, you know, you can, you can speak to me. And basically, you're also saying that I'm professional and courteous. You're saying all of those things in that one word. So just a simple, quick fix for you. Because I, I know we've been talking about a lack of approachability, would just be for you to lead with that exact word in your response. Coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but do me a favor. Please don't shout at me or my crew from across the court. Because it's not fair. Uh, I can't give you an answer from across the court. You know, it's not fair to me or you. Right now, I can give you an answer. We can speak about a play. Which play would you like to talk about? Talk to me. Make sense? Got a game Saturday. I'm going to try it then if I need to. Hopefully not. <laughs> hey, CJ. Hey. As a coach, I coached for 10 years, and sometimes, you know, you'll get emotional and you'll yell across the floor or whatever. But the stigma on the other side of it is if I get, if I get emotional, I'm going to get teed up automatically. So this guy can't talk to this guy, or if I get emotional, I'm just going to get a technical foul. Well, I think that's the stigma maybe from coaches from a coaching standpoint of why they might not think you're approachable because of maybe they've seen something like that before. 
he gets, you know, he gets pissed if, if I get emotional. Instead of, hey, maybe coming over there and calming me down a little bit and let's have a conversation real quick. Maybe that might be why. I don't know. I'm just kind of taking what you're saying and kind of trying to put two and two together, try to give you some, maybe some helpful feedback. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. I think, I think it definitely plays into it. Um, and it's a learning process. And sometimes you got to relearn things over and over and get out of your own ways of doing it. So I got to recalculate and maybe try some new things. Is there anything a coach can say to you that can get you upset or throw you off or get you out of your professional face, so to speak? Like, can a coach get under your skin? Um, there was, I mean, I think, like, I think, um, like, I think there was, like, one thing that definitely did, especially, uh, I mean, I mean, earlier coach, like, I mean, um, I mean, I, I mean, like, if, like, if the coach, like, if the coach says, like, like, let them play a little bit more or you're going to call um, everything, I mean, about this, I mean, um, I mean, I did. I did recently um, see this via social media where one coach got into it kind of on social media without even mentioning my name about with one ref talking about how, I mean, about how, about how I wanted you on this one game instead of this person because this official um, got, um, like was saying, like this ref called it, called it like a college game and, and how my players were scared to even put hands on a play another player because of the fear with calling I mean the foul and um, and this doesn't get to me anymore er, earlier in my days this probably would have be because I just know I'm doing the right for the game and I'm calling the rules as written and calling the obvious my point is nothing they say should get under our skin if you can it doesn't find, anymore if you can I'm talking about a hundred percent of the things they say. Like, there's nothing they can say that's going to throw you off. The most disrespectful line, you're just taking it like a boxer takes a punch right in the face, and you're, you're not even flinching. If you guys can all get to that point where there's nothing they can say to get you, get under your skin, you're already going to be in a better spot to manage the game and manage that conversation. Because if they're getting under your skin, that's going to cause you to be defensive, and that's that's going to come across as maybe unapproachable or this guy's got an ego. Yeah, I think I had a situation where I maybe I didn't realize in the moment that he had gotten under my skin. It was this season. Um, and I think Paul and I talked about it briefly over the phone, but uh, coach was winning by like 50 points. And. It was early in the game, so it's senior night, and his best player got an early foul, and then I called an, another foul on that same player uh, about three minutes into the game. To me, it was an obvious call. Even on film, it was an obvious call. The coach couldn't see it. It was at the other end of the floor, bodies everywhere. No chance he could have seen it. He knew who I called it on because he subbed him out, and then before we could inbounds the ball, he comes out like three feet on the court with his hands out like, I want an explanation, and I'm across the floor. Um, so me, 
having the mentality of I need to be more approachable, I go across the floor to talk to him and maybe get him back in his coach's box and yada, yada, yada. He asks, starts asking a question. Who's the foul on? Who's the foul on? Number five. He's on number five. Well, what did he do? Well, he took two hands and put it. Is this your first game? And so at that point, I think that's when I did go back on the defensive. And I said, um, instead of a more calm reaction or response of, I don't know, what would you guys do there? Either. Well, I'll tell you what I did, and then we'll talk about what, what I should have done. Go ahead. I was just like, uh, you won't even hear my answer? Why are you asking me a question if you don't want to hear my answer? That's a defensive response in retrospect. It depends how you say it. It depends how you say it, because I do think that is there's some relevancy to what you're saying. It, it just all depends how you deliver it. Yeah, I like that response, personally. Yeah. But you got to follow it up. But you also, sometimes you got to follow it up with something. That could be a great icebreaker, um, but then it needs to be finished. Yeah. And he apologized later. It's like I said, it was my first game at that school um, ever. And he, and he knew that probably because he didn't recognize me. And that's why he went personal with it like that, trying to get under my skin. And he apologized later, um, said, we're off to a bad start. That's on me, my bad. But yada, 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 it's senior night. You put two on him after the first one was the worst call Craig's ever made. And, blah. and I, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm just like, God, you're going to apologize and then ask me to empathize with why you were an asshole to me? See, I don't even Come want on. you to do all that in your head. Like, God, like, ugh. Yeah. Like, you know, like that, even that little ugh threw you off your game for a second. I think so. I think in my head, I'm just like, all right, just let him talk at you. You don't need to. I'm no longer like engaging with this person. And your scenario could have been a technical foul, too, after he asked you two questions and then said, shouted, is that your first game? That could be also where you insert after he says, who's the foul on uh, number five, coach? Well, what did he do wrong? Whoa, whoa, coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but we can't have a conversation if you're yelling at me. Like that. So again, we took back control of the conversation instead of listening to his, listening to him question us, not ask a question. He's questioning us there just to huh? shout his opinion. That's what I'm saying. We got to, you know... I, I, you got to be about taking control of these conversations. We can give the coach the last word, but I mean, listen, we're the authority of the game. We get to we get to make the ground rules on this kind of stuff. What we permit, what what um, what we permit, we promote. We're allowing him to shout questions at us in our personal space without addressing it. Therefore, we're promoting it. So I think we're taking a couple steps forward, CJ. Yeah, this is good stuff. I'm going to be better at this next time. Good. I want to get to Hunter. Hunter, how'd your season go? Season went good. Uh, high school and college just ended. I got my first TBL game this Friday. Good for you. Where's it at? It's in Little Rock in Arkansas. 
Oh, that's that's pretty close to you, right? I'm sorry. That's pretty close to you, right? Yes, sir. Just like two hours. Okay. Not too bad. Awesome. And how are you feeling? Um, you feeling comfortable with the pro rules? No, but we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. This is because everything now is college and high school is like muscle memory. Now I'm having to actually think a little more when I'm officiating. So we'll get there. You know what? It's great that TBL exists and it's going to produce a better product in the G League once new officials get hired because they're going to have this pro experience in addition to like the pro-am leagues and the men's league. Now you have a semi-pro league where, you know, officials can get their reps in and make some mistakes. Um, On the topic of uh, communication and game management of coaches, how do you feel your season went? Were there any things... uh, you can improve on or successes? Why don't you share with us? Um, I think overall it was actually pretty well. My my uh, kind of theme this year was communication with partners, before game, after game, during game, coaches, players, just be the most approachable person I can, um, but also professional at the same time. Um, the biggest thing that actually was right before I joined a mentor tier that's actually the big, biggest line that's helped me is when the coaches want to say about the foul cap. Mm. And I've learned, Coach, we're not talking about the foul count, but what play do you have a question about? And then coaches be like, then they're just sitting there flustered trying to think of a play, and they're like, never mind. And they just begin coaching. We're in the rare sense, but we'll bring up a play. And then, kind of like someone said earlier, they leave that conversation not caring what I had to say, but making them feel that the conversation ended on a positive note. That Coach, I hear you. I had something different. I'm working, didn't get the great angle, or this is why by rule, this isn't this, isn't that. And I felt that helped me out tremendously this season. Are, that's good. Are they shouting at you what the foul count is, or are they asking it more in question form? More like you're going from trail to new lead, and they're kind of not running up with you in the silent, but when you pass them, um, the foul count's seven to two and then next time out or you just find the next opportunity just kind of go over there and say coach we're not talking about the foul count but do you have a question about a specific play um very rarely i've had a coach come on the court and yell that at me mm-hmm. Actually, i don't think that happened at all this season that i can think of um i had a couple of incidents where um was with someone a little bit less experienced kind of complaining about their calls told them coach i trust my partner they had the best angle on the play, and they didn't love the answer, but it ended the conversation, and it seemed like it diffused it in a word because I didn't hear anything else about that um, incident or those type of incidents throughout the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and Hunter there, like, I really like it how you're, like, I mean, supporting your partner there because that's something that I have um, done this done this year and and, and and like I've learned, especially when you're out there with your partners, you're a team, you're there to support them with every call. And I've been around some rookie officials and they don't know how to act in that mindset yet. That's like the most, I think, disappointing thing. And like, I'm, I'm not going to bash, like, I'm not going to tell a coach something about my partner being weaker. You're there to build them up, which you do, Hunter. That's what you have to keep doing. Like you've built me up too. Appreciate that, Will. That's super nice of you. Um, I think someone said earlier, just make sure your partners know you have your back. Because I know how it feels personally when you see a partner talking to a coach 
and you it's a weird i i felt it last season just like they're talking bad about me i know they're talking bad about me and that's a terrible feeling to have so just making sure everyone does know you have their back i think is the biggest part of communicating in your crew dynamics as well i think if you have good crew dynamics dealing with coaches comes like second nature i feel like if you just have each other's back and just be as honest and open as possible i feel like the coaches are kind of just kind of take care of themselves through that you know, our, our responses are going to vary based on how the coach, you know, approaches us. Um, back to the foul count, my response has varied from a more, I'm going to say, a little aggressive approach. I mean, I, I can get a little aggressive with these coaches. That's what I'm realizing. I call it respectful force. It's something I'm working on. Um, it's, it's or excuse me, it's a new approach that I've, I've invented called respectful force. Um, where, you know, you're, you're being respectful, but you're... Is, it's, you're coupling respect with just firmness. It's like a two ingredients that are just punching left and right. Um, so it's been like, you know, Coach, I'm aware of the time, the score, and the foul count. That's the last time we're going to talk about the scoreboard. Do you have a question about a specific play? So when they ask about the foul count, letting them know it's unsportsmanlike to talk about it and then getting to the specifics is a great strategy because when we go to the specifics, they speak generically. They don't have much to say. Uh, when we get to that level, you know, and I had um, a coach the other day. He was very respectful. It's the only thing he said to me all game. Um, the fouls were five nothing, and I was running up from in new lead. And he goes, "Paul, the fouls are five nothing, five nothing." I said, "I I'm aware, but you know, we're not talking about the foul count right now. I just wanted to make it clear that we're not talking about the foul count, and it was it was done in a respectful way." He was respectful to me, even though he mentioned something that's unsporting. He didn't say it in an unsportsmanlike manner, but I still had to address it because he's not holding that leverage on me. Like we're, we're cheating the game because the other team has five fouls and they have zero or, uh, you know, zero to five. No, correct. And there's so many dynamics that come into the foul count that I've learned. You just tell a coach to tell you about some of the foul count. And, of course, every situation is different in the game. But, coach, you're pressing – or you're shooting a bunch of threes and pressing. By nature, you're going to have more fouls. Okay, Hunter, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, just be careful with getting into specifics about um, coach's strategy and team strategy because then you're crossing a little bit more into the, the coach or player language. You're telling gotcha. them you're telling them how they're running their sets and which offense. I understand you have good basketball IQ that you can be aware of that, but you don't want to go too deep down that road. Like like keep it simple. Don't Sam? yeah. Um, any anything that has stumped you this year? Any uh, things coaches coaches have said that have, you've had difficulty responding to? I can't think of anything on the top of my head. So my your, go-to your coaches have been very nice be, to you then. They want to be specific. They want to be general. And I just make sure every time just make sure specific. And then it's usually pretty, and it just usually diffuses itself from that point. Have you given any technical fouls this year? I have. I have. No, sometimes they want to yell your name and use some vulgar language about a, a play. So that's usually where most of my coach technical fouls have come from. When they cursed at you? Hunter, that's a bleepity bleep call. That's a terrible ass call. You're, and that's kind of that's kind of where most of my technical fouls are coming from. Obvious ones, right? Correct. 
ones that anyone it's is backed up or you're at half court pointing at my partner. Well, coach, that's obvious. Come on. I like to hear you having your partner's back. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Any uh, any other questions you have on this topic or anything else you want to talk about? Not me personally, no, sir. <laughs> Just listen to all this good stuff. Appreciate it. Have a great game. Appreciate it. Who haven't we heard from? Christian Easton. Oh, Cherie's joining us. Hey, Cherie's. Frazier Fresh. Hey, sorry I'm joining late. No worries. How's it going with you? I, like I think somebody else is talking. I don't know. Right, I well, Say that again? Yeah, things are good. Great. You got any games left this year? Um, no, I don't think so because I would have got my assignment already for, of course, we're in playoffs right now. So, no. I think I'm done. Okay. I think. <laughs> uh, any recent interactions with coaches that are noteworthy? Nope, not really. I hate to be like that, but it's really hasn't been up there. Here lately, it hasn't been that. Okay. That's a, that's good. Yeah, it, it, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I, feel kind of, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm like, normally, but no, I just, no, it hasn't been anything noteworthy at all. I wish it could have been, but nope. All right. Easton has something. Easton, what's up? Um, <clears throat> I coach, uh, I guess just to paint the picture, I, I, uh, called a foul on his player. And, uh, after I reported it, um, I could tell he wanted to talk about it. So, um, go up to him and, um, I told him that, you know, what I had, it was a, it was a push foul. And I said, this is what I saw. What'd you see coach? And he said, I had nothing, whatever. And then, um, it got to the point where he said, uh, he said, uh, I, I want you to clip that play, text it to me, and I expect you to say you fucked it up. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's funny. And so, uh, you did what? Yeah, so I, I, I kind of froze for a second. I was like, well, how do I want to handle this? And uh, the first thought that came to mind was like, like absolutely I would because – you know, I wanted to, to, you know, prove him wrong. <clears throat> so I was like, all I said was, absolutely, I will. And then I, I left the conversation. Um, and then after the game, I was like, I'm not going to do that because, like, I don't need to validate my call with him, even though, like, I feel like he, he trusted me to, like, you know, like, he, he could talk to me that way without me, like, um, you know, give him a, a technical, but uh, it kind of, um, you know, made me mad a little bit that he thought he could do that. So I kind of wish I would have handled it a little bit differently because I felt like he was, you know, trying to undermine, I guess, the call or whatever. But um, so yeah, just looking for some feedback on how you guys would handle that. Before I let the group respond, <clears throat> um, 
this gets back to one of our themes of not allowing the coach's words to get under your skin. He said something very slick that I can understand why he would get under somebody's skin, but I don't want you to give him that emotional real estate. He doesn't, yep, he doesn't you know, where now you're thinking, oh, I got to prove to him. I got to text him. Wait, hold on. He's giving me instructions. I got to text him after the game and let him know I screwed up. Or he didn't even say it like that. How do we handle this, guys? Did he cuss at you, man? Like, like 100%. So you messed that effing play up? Well, he, I mean, he, and he never yells or he doesn't get angry or anything. He's really calm. He goes, something so he something what Paul said earlier, I think that classifies unprofessional communication. Right. And it's just, it's tough because, like I said, he's really calm and he doesn't yell. He's, he's quiet. So it's just a conversation between him and I. And, um, like, nobody else heard it. So, he, you know, he, he wasn't, I don't think, saying, I don't even think he probably would remember that he said the F word when he was talking to me. But but you're, you're making excuses why it's not that bad right now. Right, yeah. You, you well, have yeah, I mean, I, I definitely felt like I, um, I was, yeah, he got under my skin and it was um, unsporting, like you said, so. So Hunter, what are you doing with that? I know you said it's unprofessional. How are you? How are you responding to that? As professional as I can be with no emotion. Beep beep. Technical foul, head coach. Great. I'm glad. And don't show emotion. Don't say whack. Throw your finger emotion. Just be as calm as professional as you can be. And it's tough. <laughs> yep. And he's used this line before. He's actually used it on my brother before. Because I told, I told my brother what he said, and Brock said he said that to me before too. And uh, so I think he uses this line quite a bit. So um, this is where I, yeah. I, I think we, like I said, we need to be tougher. We need to we need to be tougher with these coaches. Like we're letting them get away with this slick shit. Um, I mean, he f bombed you. An f bomb to me is an automatic, automatic technical foul. What if his player said the f bomb? To what? what would, you to would who? expect a technical foul. The player said the f bomb to who? I'm saying if a player said the, t- the F-bomb, the coach would expect a technical foul. So what makes the coach any different? Uh, yeah, well, you don't have to convince me. Right. I guess I was <laughs> reinforcing what you said. <laughs> um, let's rewind this real quick, Easton. I know you said – just take me back to the beginning of the interaction. It sounded like you opened the door up. You led uh, – Yeah, well – you led with yes, your no, explanation I'm, of the play before he asked you a question. No, so I'm reporting, and and he, you know, he's like Easton, uh, like I can't even remember what he said, but he he approached me first after I got reporting. Even something happened. This should be an easy explanation because I, like I said, it was right in my lap. I thought it was an easy call, so I'm just going to tell him, you know, coach, I had whatever. I want to get specific. What did, what did exactly did he say while you were reporting again? I really don't remember. Okay. I just remember he said he, he said my name, and I think he, he probably said that wasn't a foul or something. So I can't remember exactly what what he said. Because what they say to us impacts and dictates exactly how we're going to respond to them. Right. Yeah, I mean, whatever he said, the way I responded by giving 
my explanation in the play and then I asked him what he saw. He said, You're breaking up, Issa. Yes, hear me? I hear you now. So so I, I gave him my explanation, and then I asked him what he saw, okay. and he said, I had nothing that was a like a clean play or something. And then he, and I was like, well, coach, I had something different. And he's like, well, that's when he said, I want you to clip the play and text it to me tonight and tell me that you fucked it up. Uh, let's rewind one more time. You gave him a seemed like a good explanation, and then he and then you asked him a question, which is good, and then he gave you his explanation, correct? Yep. And then you finished it with "I had something different." Was that necessary? Probably not. I guess I could have just said okay and then exited the conversation. Yeah, like was that an opportunity to exit there? Yep. So oh, then, been. great. Then let's we out. Then we're out. Right. You don't need. This gets back to you. We don't need to prove to coaches that we got the play right. You're trying to prove to him you got it right. You let him know you had something different. I know you had something different. You gave him the explanation the first time, and then he disagreed with you again, which shows that you had something different. And then you went and said it. When we say that those those last words, sometimes then it. Again, I'm not giving justification for what the coach said. I'm just trying to work step by step with you to see what we could have done different every step of the way. So right there, I think that presented an opportunity for you to exit the conversation. You didn't exit. You gave him what you anteed up and said, let him know that you disagreed with him, so to speak, by saying I had something different. And then that that's what prompted him to say that next line. Now, once he says once he F bombs you. Whoa, 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 coach, that's how we're going to speak to each other? Okay, do, do, technical foul. Or don't say anything. Just give him a technical foul and walk away. Yeah, for sure. I definitely could have avoided that situation by um, exiting conversation early, and and um, I'll have his um, games again this week. So I'm sure he'll try and use that line again at some point because he's done it all season, so... Um, I'll definitely try and avoid it next time. He's done that to. Have you had issues with him before this? No, I haven't um, ever. But like I said, he's um, he used the same line on my brother, and um, so I imagine he uses it regularly. So, did you know he used that line on your brother before he used it on you? No, no, it wasn't until after the game when I I told Brock about the play, and he said, "Yeah, he's he said that same thing to me." So. All right, because if you did, you would have definitely had to do that one for Brock, too. Give him a tech for Brock, for your bro. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, man. Being able to curse at a referee under your breath in their own personal space is a very old school thing of yesteryear that older officials dealt with and found it okay. It was part of the culture. It was part of the game. In my opinion, in a 2022 transparent world, that's over. We have all of the leverage to not allow the coach to to manipulate that moment there, knowing that he's only speaking to us, knowing that no one else can hear it. That doesn't give you jurisdiction for disrespect. And even even if he would, even even if he wanted to use the f bomb and said, 
you messed that play up, I think I, you know, I still would have been, I think it still would have gone under my skin because it was more of him telling me I needed to flip him the play that um, I think um, irritated more me more than than like what he said, I guess. But how do we get you to not be irritated is the real key. Right. How, how do we build? How do we build up your armor to where no one? I agree. Ready to go? Question. Like, how do we concisely address um, the professionalism of our communication? And you said it right there, like real quick. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's how we're going to talk to each other. That's a good, quick way to say it. I like that. It's, it's like an exit line before I'm about to slay you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I have a question. Yeah. What's up? Hey, uh, what if your assigner wants, you know, technical files supported on film? You know, I know you're saying that a coach whispering underneath his breath or talking to you one-on-one that no one else can hear. That's the thing of yesteryear. But how do you support that on film when, you know, you just close to the coach and then you come out there with a technical file? Did your assigner specifically tell you this? He wants all technical files to be visible and on film? Well, I heard that before. I, I, I mean... I, I maybe, you know, yeah, I heard that before in Zoom meetings and, and, you know, with different associations that I'm with that it's better supported on film. That's um, a, that's a thing know, of I, yesteryear I, too. That's a thing of yesteryear and that's us being soft once again. Okay. It is. Okay. Because ha- using your voice does not come up on film. Words don't no, come up on but, film. No, it don't. It don't. But I mean, if if the coaches says that says that to you, and you back, you know, you you use that line, that great line you use. Whoa, whoa, coach, that how we going to talk to each other? And then you back away from him, mm-hmm. and then he approaches you, or, or still, you know, use some type of demonstrous action. You know, maybe that can be supported more on film. But just you know, having that one on one conversation then you come out there with a technical file after a one-on-one conversation i just don't know how 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 that will be supported on film but like you said it doesn't have to be supported you just tell your assigner hey you you talk to me disrespectfully in that moment and and that's what i have it's going to be recorded through email it's going to be recorded through the game report where you specifically and when we give Like, craft very good emails, very good technical foul emails. Craft it. Like, keeping it, you want to keep it simple and and not, like, write a huge essay, but you still want to give detail on the the steps that you took, the preventative steps that you took um, to de-escalate, the numerous times you asked kindly for professional communication, and then exactly what was said. And then that's defendable. I understand... I understand the concept of you want text to be visible on film, but again, that's an old school thing. It's just old school to me. It's what they used to do in the old age before film. 
and that, and that's basically saying a coach could say whatever he wants to you if it's just in their personal space. Granted, he's going to have a little bit more leeway to vent a little bit if he's just doing it like whispering it, but it doesn't mean you get the F-bomb me. Maybe it means that, you know, they can F-bomb you or or be disrespectful to you, and I don't mean anybody on this call, but I don't know. I'm just trying to draw a line in a different approach with coaches because I think we need a facelift in our approach. Got to get tougher while maintaining professionalism, while maintaining the respect of the game, while being kind. These are, again, these are these ingredients. When you start mixing a bunch of ingredients that are like opposites from one another and you can make it all blend, it, it comes out to be a, a great tasting meal. Compliments to the chef. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, this was great. Um, I mean, we're jamming right now. Feel free to anybody have any follow up thoughts or any other um, questions or topics. Put it through the chat now. Or unmute. Um, Paul, like I just want to thank you for what you've done for me this season, and and everyone who's just been been here together and provided me all that hard work and grit. I feel I feel I'm in a better place now than I was back in October, back in August. I will tell you, Paul, when I first started with you in August, I did not even know how to use my rapid responses effectively have come a long way. Great. Well, I love, I love seeing your progress and your development, and thank you for always keeping me posted on it. Continue to do so. And you were not alone. No one, ha no one really had this rapid responses. This is all new stuff. Nobody even talked about rapid response. What is that? That's just, that's specific. That's synonymous to our group. You're going to hear a lot more of it in years to come, I think. You're going to see a lot more people talking about coach communication. That's why we just need, need to all be on board with it. Because I think we have the leverage of the rule book. I understand we want to be likable. Listen, I, I get all that. I want everybody to like me. I take... I take the steps in order for that to to, for, to give myself a chance. But I live with the results and I don't care about the results only because I know my preparation and I'm, what I put into it is usually going to give me good results. But we got to be okay with coaches disagreeing with us. We got to be okay with coaches getting the last word and... You know, and, and another big theme I think we're hitting on, too, is, is not allowing coaches to get under your skin. That's so basic and simple, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to give a lot of people breakthroughs when it comes to managing coaches. Like, Easton, just that we're talking about it now, I think you're going to start to see improvement in it. You getting a little bit thicker, tougher skin. Yeah, usually what things that coaches say don't bother me, but for some reason that just... Uh... Yeah, that one that one got to me a little bit. It's going to take a lot of negative comments for it to eventually not get to you. Like you have to go through you have to go through you caring about it before you can not care about it. it. Wasn't like I just said one day, you know, 
like nobody's words can hurt me. Like that took forever, took forever. I'm way older than a lot of you guys. That's why if you can get it in your 20s and your 30s, like you are way, way ahead of the game. I wasn't thinking about any of this stuff until late 30s. I think we're having I think we had a really good call. I hope you guys yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Anybody have anything else? I'll just say this real quick. Um quick story so uh, a couple of weeks ago I had um, I had a game and coaches shouting a couple times from across the court now let me just give you a little context the coach has a brother who's a ref that I ref with that refs in that league but just doesn't ref obviously his brother's games so the coach has a has a brother who refs with us so that's the context um so in the game, he's shouting a couple times at my partners. Um, one time I had to almost shout across the court that we're not going to shout across the court. So I basically contradicted myself, but I, I just felt like in that moment something needed to be said because the trail and the center weren't doing anything. So I was administering a free throw from lead. Please don't shout across the court. We'll be over at the next dead ball. So the coach had shouted two, three, four times onto the court. I haven't really had a chance to address him only just now from across the court. So finally, now I know I'm going to get over to him, the next dead ball or the next time out. So again, he complains about a call. This time I'm trail sideline in front of him. And I forget how I responded about the specifics about the play. Like, I might let's just say, coach, you know, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but you cannot shout across the court at me or my partner. Is that fair? Yeah, that, that's fair. Oh, and tell your brother I said hi. How's your brother doing? Tell him I said hi. So it was like a real, it was like a hot point of the game where I had to de-escalate him. And then to finish off my response to him, I wink winked and said, how's your brother doing? Tell him I said hello. And then he immediately like caught himself and didn't say another word the rest of the game. Like he felt a little embarrassed in that moment. It was like, yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. And then that was it. Door closed, conversation over, the rest of the game, not an issue. How many of you are saying that line to him about his, about his brother? How many of you are taking it there? Do you think it's like, tell me your thoughts on, on my, my approach there. I would try to take it somewhere where you can personal without making it personal, if that makes sense. You can have a personal conversation about... It just de-escalates the situation. He might come back and say or something back to it. It might just avert him from it because coaches are emotional and paranoid and beings. So if you can try to get them from being emotional or paranoid, I think it de-escalates a lot of, a lot of the problems. Would you m mention his brother there, like I did? Probably at some point, maybe. Okay. 
felt that it did. I mean, like I said, anything to divert them from being emotional and paranoid, because those are the two things that coaches are emotional and paranoid. Like, it's crazy some of the things that, that coaches will text me. Who can I have in this game? I, I, I want to make sure, blah, 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 that my kid didn't get a foul for for this. Just something so obscure, but they're just paranoid. And so I think that what you did was kind of fitting because I think it takes a lot of the pressure away. And, you know, next time down, he might make a joke to you about his brother. Fabio, are you going to say something? Fabio, just, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I, um, I just think it depends on, you know, your experience and your relationship, you know, with that coach and longevity of you officiating in that conference. So I don't know if a new guy, first-year guy who knows that his brother officiates, you know, with, with everybody, I don't know if that, a young guy can pull that off. Maybe not. Um, yeah, I, I think the coach, you know, might might see, you know, as a young kid and just, you know, you're focused on my brother, not focused on the game, you know, kind of response back. Um, again, it all depends, it's about relationships. And, and you know, earlier, I know you called me. I just couldn't get the mute button to work. I couldn't figure it out. You know, one of the biggest things that I've done this year, just from, again, this is my true first year doing doing varsity and just, you know, watching a lot of games, going to games, watching, you know, my partners and other games, trying to trying to learn every day. And, and the biggest thing that I take away f- from those games is there isn't a lot of um, communication between coaches and, and officials. And I think the officials want it that way. Um, but I think that irritates, especially in this league, you know, where I officiate, you know, coaches want to communicate and, I'm, I'm a communicator. I don't, I don't mind having that communication. And I also don't mind hearing it, you know, like just keep a stoic look, look the coach in the eye and just listen what the coach has to say and just, all right, coach, I got you. I got you. You know, I'll, I'll look at it and, and move on. Where a lot of guys, officials that I work with, just don't want to hear it. I mean, they're veteran guys who just, who just don't, have, you know, maybe have a better relationship with the coach and just, can walk away and not and not take the time to listen, um, but I feel that kind of stirs it up a little bit more. And you know, I go there and I listen. I look eye to eye, and you know, we'll move on. You know, that's the one thing that I feel like I need to do. You know, in order to stay engaged in the game, not get irritated, just listen to them and just move on. You know, that's just you know what I've taken from this year. Well, listening is half the battle you still also need to be a, a communicator with them as well. So do you find yourself not responding and just strictly listening to what they have to say and then going back into the game? No, not, no, not at all. No, I mean, I'll, I'll just, you know, I, I won't, you know, I won't necessarily talk about specifics, you know, and I'll, I, I just say, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep an eye out. I got your coach. You know, it's kind of, I mean, I, you can't say that every time night going, and I've been doing this for four years, and I haven't given one coach a tech. You know, I, this could, could have been one, one, one coach that I, I regret. This was two years ago. That I regret not giving a technical follow to. You know, I, I wish I had that game back. I definitely would have teed him up. But, but I haven't had any, you know, really demonstrative 
you know, interactions with coaches. It's been pretty mild. You know, this year has been pretty mild, more so than other years for whatever reason. I think they were just happy to be on the court, you know, with the whole COVID year. So I think, uh, you know, I think it's been mild and, and, and I haven't really had to have that rapid response, you know, that I'm learning now with a coach yet. So. I think it's a matter of perspective, though, too. Um, maybe you're not viewing it as as something that needs to be addressed. You know, CJ had a, had a similar story. He said he didn't give a technical foul for four years. I, I right. think I look at that stat and I say it's almost impossible. Like either either you have the nicest coaches of all time or you're just not processing what unsportsmanlike comments are and you're just playing defense. There's two different approaches, um, like in my opinion, that we could take. Defense and offense. Defense sounds like when we're just listening. I hear you, coach. Okay, talk to me. What'd you see? You could be right. I'll watch for a coach. These are all defensive things to say. And I don't mean defensive like it's getting under our skin. Like we're just playing defense. But I want you to start developing your offense. Because your offense is what's going to run the game and make you the authority in the game. And you're going to control these conversations. Right now, I feel like the coach is just controlling all of your interactions. The coach has something to say to you. You're just going over and you're listening. Again, I'm not, I'm, I haven't watched you ref. I'm, I'm not at the games. I'm just making assumptions from what I'm hearing. But I'm trying to um, connect, some pa- you know, connect some dots here. I feel like if, you know, in five years from now, you might look at these four years and be like, wow, no, no, there was seven times I should have gave a tech. Or no, that one time. Like, you're going to find more instances. It's just my hunch. He does got a point, though, when he said it also sounds uh, there's some things that you can say based on who you are, how long you've been in the league, so forth. There's things that you can kind of get away with more because you're more of a familiar face in that league than, you know, somebody fresher. So I think that's a, like a good perspective to put into on some of the things that you might say mm-hmm. right there. Like you might be able to get away with it, but if it's my first year in the league, first time seeing them, it might not be something that that would fit right there. We also you say that because I'm I'm sorry, Paul. I uh, somebody had mentioned it earlier about that um, of the podcast with Roger Ayers and him, him talking about going in at you know getting back on the court at halftime and and checking in with the coaches. So I heard that, and then you know the next game that I you know that I was a ref. You know, at halftime, come back on the court, I went up to the coaches and, and hey, coaches, checking in. And it was a pretty, I, I probably shouldn't have done it that game because, it, you know, that, kid, that coach was a little heated at times. But not disrespectful, not swearing, but just, just questioning a lot of calls. And, I, I, like, he just went on and on and on. You know, and, and I, I regretted doing that. And I haven't done it since because it wasn't, you know, as smooth as, Roger made it out to be, right? Obviously, he's, you know, he's got tenure, he's got a ton of years, so a ton of experience, relationships all built, you know. So I, I tried that, you know, mechanism, and I haven't done it again because that just left, you know, the coach, that coach, that particular coach just to hammer, you know, to hammer what happened going over plays in the first, you know, the first half. Not detailed, but just saying, yeah, man, my guys are getting hit, you know, it's, it's one sided, and, you know, just, 
it was a bad mistake. Um, so I, that's, that's, one, that's one thing I won't, I won't take from, from that podcast. <laughs> well, Rodgers in a different league, man. I know, I know. <laughs> Remember, we got we to gotta do what works for us, you know, and what works for one person may not work for another person. And Roger will be the first to tell you that. You know, so that may be a great strategy for Roger. I would tell you guys, do not open door. We don't want to open doors. Like, why are you going over at halftime? Why are you going over at halftime to see what the coach thought of the officiating? Remember, this isn't a restaurant, and they're not the customer, and you're not a waiter. You're not going over to ask how the food is. Well, my food- oh, I think also what worked for you in that situation was that wink, right? I'm a firm believer it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? You can get, a, you know, I know a couple of people that can get away with almost saying anything because they have a smile on their face or they give that wink or... Oh, I didn't they, wink. You know, they make you feel... Re- Sorry to confuse oh, you. When, I, no, I was saying wink, wink, like to you guys, like, how's your brother doing? Like, I was, oh. I was asking about his brother, but I was also, like, asking about his brother, like, hey, buddy, why are you yelling at the officials? Your brother is official. Okay. Okay. How was your facial expressions? Were you were you smiling or were you just were firm? You, it was firm. Yeah, I was playing offense. I was I was using my command voice, so I wasn't smiling. Gotcha. But I gotcha. was. I don't. I'm not. Well, it worked. Yeah, it did work. Uh, you know, I don't know if it'll work again. Uh, another situation, you know, another person. But it worked then. Well, there's know? no other coaches that I know that have refs as brothers, so I figured that was <laughs> ammo in my tool belt. Like, I'm not letting you get out of my control. Same thing if any of you ever ref my brother. If you ever ref my brother and he's giving you an issue, then you do the same thing about me. Like, oh, how's Paul doing? And then he's gonna—he's immediately going to go to zero. Not that he would ever be given a ref an issue. Um, but I asked that question because I wanted to see who else would have gone to that line, knowing that you guys know that's the right thing to say, because you know it takes away any anything else he's going to say to us. That's the way. I kind of going back to like being being new to a league. Uh, this was my first year in, in a JUCO league, and. Uh, Early on in the season, <clears throat> coach was kind of trying to test me a little bit by, by say, like saying something along the lines of, I just made that call because the other coach is yelling at me. And uh, I felt like, you know, if, if um, it was the high school game, um, I, I would have definitely um, handled it appropriately, probably with a technical, but with that being like my first, one of my very first games in the league, I, I pretty much just let him get away with it. Um, just curious to hear you guys' thoughts on that. This is another dynamic we need to turn the page on is like that first year ref and that veteran coach. You know, and that first year ref having to like prove himself to the coach. Like, I think that is some old school stuff too. Where, uh, I, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I, I just felt like if I came in, you know, my first couple games into the league, like I pretty much expected to 
get tested. So I didn't want to like come in and just start handing out technicals all over the place. And, and, you know, just, I just felt like that wasn't, um, <clears throat> the best way to, to start the season, I guess, or my first year in that league. But it doesn't make it right for you to ignore if they are technicals. Right. I mean, I I get the whole first, you know, first year in the league, kind of want to lay low, stay out of the way, this and that. Um, and I know there's some truth to that, probably with any job. But it still can't handcuff us from running the game and calling the rules as written. And I think a lot of times it does, especially with the coach-ref dynamic, the coach, the veteran coach and that, like, first-year ref in the league. Coach takes advantage of them. And the ref yeah. usually lets them take advantage of them. And I guess one of the reasons I bring it up is because I, you know, I'm playing – goal is to get hired in, in a different league this summer and I'm probably going to run into the same um, types of situations next year so just want to be able to um, you know like you say have the tools in my tool belt to handle it which the rapid response is, is definitely going to help with that so yeah nice sizing club yep let them know Sure. Hey, I'm curious if the screen share works on mentor voices here. I'm looking at my still exploring Discord. I haven't tested it, but I'm going to assume it does work. All right. I'm sharing my screen. <laughs> Can you all see my screen? Um, it just says watch stream. You yeah, know, tap on that and you can watch the stream. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Stop sharing. All right. You got to play? No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Next time. Next time. I'll, I'll be ready. Just like with my rapid responses. Mm -hmm. We're going we're gonna to fix this, CJ. I got you, bro. I've got potential. <laughs> got way more than potential. Oh, this is awesome. All right, great stuff. Uh, I'm going to cut it. It's been two hours. Great work. Um, Thursday, we're going to have a camp call. So if anybody is uh, interested in asking any camp questions and also hear more about our uh, Crown Ref scholarship, uh, we'd love to see you be on Zoom at 7 o'clock Eastern. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Paul. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.
This is next level, homie, just watch me. Stay fresh, you ain't gotta look sloppy. Keep your uniforms tucked, this is what you need, huh? Don't delay, now it's time to get knee tucks. From the umpires, referees, and grooms, to my ballers, keep the audience watching all your moves. Cause you don't wanna lose, now you looking so official. Gotta get your knee tucks, everybody gotta get them. Knee tucks, you already know what's up. Knee tucks, keeps uniforms tucked. Neatux.com. When I look at watch college basketball, he is somebody I watch from a slowing down mechanical standpoint. And he literally taught me probably about three, four years ago at the Big 12 camp, uh, Curtis Shaw, you know, once you go to whistle, all eyes are on you. Now it's your show. Now it's your time to shine. So what, what you in a rush for? Go to whistle, you know, five, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. 1,004, 1,005, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, self-talk, right? And you'd be amazed to see it on mm-hmm. camera. If I looked at myself just three years ago compared to where I am now from a slowing-down standpoint, I probably don't lead a scene of crime no more, right? You know, I was taught, you know, in the, um, you know, a lot of times when we have hard files, we have dirty plays, for whatever reason, we go to the person that committed the act instead of going to the person that got you know, chicken-winged or undercut or whatever, right? You know, things like that. You know, don't be so quick to report and forget everything that's going on. Now you leave your partners in the bind, and now we got to go to the monitor. Protection looks bad. You don't know who filed who. So just in general, I think a, a lot of it, too, Paul, it just, you got you to gotta get in those situations. Some things you won't know how to do unless you be in those situations and kind of mess them up to understand, I'll never do that again. Literally, that's how you slow down, too. You make a mistake, y'all talk about it, be honest with each other, be open to feedback. Okay, I know where I messed up. I'll never do that again, literally. So, you know, those are a couple of things that I just take with me whenever I go different places to just slow down. But I, to your point, I try to pride myself on being slow and smooth because, again, I, you know I'm not a big guy, Paul, you know, tall, lanky or whatever. So when we talk about, like, presence, I have to use my voice. I have to use because I, I, don't, I don't come with an overbearing presence. But if I could just, you know, call and smooth, boom, you know, 's a perfect response you know if you have the um, comfort level and the confidence level to deliver humor in the right spots it can be very effective you know people kind of underestimate that but if you can give like a witty funny effective response because it was a very res- effective. effective response you know like all right don't foul out 
right? You're being you're being 100% transparent with them, but you you delivered it in a funny way, which in a in a personable way too. Um, it's funny. I was thinking about the lanyard today um, because there's such a negative connotation with non pro officials that wear no lan- or don't wear a lanyard, like in high school games and college games. And even I frowned upon it for years, but I was thinking about it today. I'm like, it's so irrelevant. It's like a part of the uniform. It's like me criticizing somebody for wearing Reeboks instead of Nikes. It's like, that's what they prefer because that's what's going to give them the best product. You know, right? Isn't there such a negative kind of social uh, thing with, with the lanyards or no lanyards? I was probably just like you. Like, I'd go to a camp or not a camp, necessarily like games or whatever, and I see guys, you know, no land, and immediately right, wrong, and different yeah. years ago. I'd be like, oh, look at this guy. Yeah. He's he, he an NBA guy. He's an NBA guy. He ain't wearing no land. Like, literally, automatic judgment, yeah. you know, back then, right? He might have been thinking then what I'm thinking now, like, shit, I'm just trying to use a land just to slow down, right? Boop. So I don't, you know, so. I get it now, but back then, I probably, a thousand percent wrong judging, oh, this guy thinking, you know, now, now instead of me worrying about my game, where he from, or who he worked for, they let him use, like, just all the wrong things you can think about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you, you know, but land, not understanding, he may be working on something that he knows he's going to slow down, or just, he wants to be more crisp, you know, stuff like that. So, I don't, I don't know where the negative connotation came from, but I, I, was, I agree with you, for whatever reason, it did carry you know, carry that negative connotation for whatever reason. But I do it, I can tell you, I think it's a great way, you know, to to slow yourself down. Um, because what'll happen is you spit that whistle out enough, now the coaches and the players like, Man, Rip, like you all right. Like why you keep dropping the whistle? Right. So now you always like it feels embarrassing, okay, now I gotta really check myself and just now it's sweet, thirty whatever. Thirty. I feel like we're going thirty-five all the time. You see, I do thirty-five often, but um, <laughs> um, but yeah. So just, just, just for whatever reason, I don't know why how they came about, but yes, I agree. Uh, for whatever reason, it does carry a negative connotation. Well, if you're gonna go no lanyard, you better be um, a person that doesn't drop it anymore. Like you got your reps in in like rec ball, and you feel comfortable enough to go no lanyard. Because if you don't practice, you're definitely dropping it. Oh. That's not a, there's no way you can tell me you go from a land to no land and be like, yeah, I'm going to be good. Like, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen that way. Like, I went no land twice this year, but it was at schools that we had to wear masks. So my mask was so, like, tight on me, it didn't matter. I could sure, sure. Like, spit out, it's going to stay on my chin. Like, yeah, so, yeah, it's easy. Like, that was easy. Since we're on the subject of, like, stigma, what do you think about the future of facial hair and tattoos? Can officials get hired on the higher levels with tattoos and facial hair? Oh, goodness. Hold on. I feel like you asked me a tough question. Now, you should have asked these in the first half an hour, bro. <laughs> um, I do not think facial hair would ever... I think facial hair would be considered more okay before tattoos would. Yeah. Um, I think it would take... Someone, 316 Elite Eight Final Four official, to ref one of those games with like a full arm sleeve. Let's go. <laughs> Before, you know, do some type of reverie culture change like AI did for basketball when he came with the cornrows and, and cats and all that, right? Of course, not to that extent. But I think it would take more than just one official, more more than one high-ranking official, 
to do that before it became even slightly acceptable. I still don't think it would be accepted. I still think that referee or those couple of referees who were the trendsetters would probably carry a nigga kind of take or probably get frowned upon. Um, but I saw women's officials this year that had cornrows and a full a full beard um, in a Division One game. So, again, I don't know how it is on the men versus the women's side, but I, me and my partner rode in together. And the first thing we did, we go in and watch a women's game before us. You know, we were a little early. And we walked out. He had a, he had the two, I mean, he had, I mean, he had the 2002, 2001 Allen Iverson MVP <laughs> cornrows in it. Like the straight, like the straight back was like the, like, bam, bam, like the, like the Kawhis right now. That's what he had in his head. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, he looked at me. I was like, oh, and we laughed, like, oh, this is what they doing on the women's side now? Where can I get my good tea? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Um, so we, we, we just laughed, you know, and he came in the locker room, you know, and we just laughed, and we was like, all right. Um, so I, I you know, facial hair, maybe I can see it. Um, tattoos, right now, you know, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I could be wrong. I don't have any tats. So ain't got no problem. Mm-hmm. My goatee doesn't grow, so there ain't no gonna be no problem with me. Um, but you know, and I, I referee with guys. I'm sure you have that do have tattoos. And I, to me, it's just a hassle because you see them with the makeup on and getting that. You know, what I'm saying all you know, and not get some of their shirts. It's just like, man. So you know, I think as we grow, as the game grows, um, you would hope at some point that wouldn't be allowed. But again, you got it. All depends on who's running the show. If you get younger guys, our generational guys that start to get some of these, you know, roles as we get older and we start to phase out, maybe they change the narrative. Like, just because I got a tattoo doesn't mean I, I'm not professional, right? Maybe the corporate nine-to-five mentality does carry over to the referee side, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but where we are right now, that's, that's like me going to SEC camp and I'm tatted up. And, you know, I got my whole name, my family tree on my left arm. They don't care about that. They already, they done already asked me out before I even do my first whistle. Right wrong. It's funny though. It's like we're we're uh, officiating a game where most a lot of the players have tattoos. I mean, coaches have tattoos. And, you know, like to be a progressive thinker and the way this is evolving, you would think this it's not even an issue in the future because like you could ref, you could ref. Like we have a kid, Brandon, in our in our mentor group who, uh, you know, he served our country. You know, he was in the military. It's like he can have tattoos in the military, but he's got to put all this makeup on for his college season. Um, and I was telling him, you know, you never, you never know. You could be the first one to break through. It's just a, just an interesting uh, conversation of like the evolution of officiating and what's acceptable, what is professional. Because at the end of the day, I think it's subjective. So, uh, but that was that was interesting. Um, you mentioned your pregame. I just want to hear. You know, not with without going down the NCA men specific uh, route. Just talk about some things because <laughs> uh, we want to make it all inclusive. Just talk about some things that you mentioned in your pregame to your partners when you're uh, the R. Um, so when I'm the R, um, to your point, you know, you have some guys who, um, you know, they have a, a full seat of everything we got to go over, right? You know, uh, I used to do that when I was nervous and not comfortable, right? My first R game. Um, but guys I didn't know in a D3, you know, I had a sheet, you know, I was in the rule book, you know, using the, what you're supposed to talk about, what we're looking for, what are the points of emphasis? You know, I had one of the older cats come to me after the game or called me on my way home. It's like, young blood, you can rest. 
Like, you got a show. Like, you coming in with that eight by eight and a half by eleven on both sides and all these bullet points. Like, you don't have to tell me. I've been doing this one. You don't have to tell me. You know, ten one four. Uh, wash the hands. Make sure you do. You don't have to tell me that. To me, he said to him that showed that I wasn't confident. He was like, when you're the R, you want to demonstrate and exude that confidence. So, the first thing I do when I get in the uh, in the locker room with the R, you know. We probably don't even talk. We probably don't even talk basketball for the first fifteen twenty minutes. I want to just everything was good. Had a good day. Wiping kids good. If I don't know you like that, you know, I don't get too personal. But if you offer, you know, sometimes conversation just flows, right? Um, and I typically try to be the first person to start the, you know, let's go ahead and start like getting changed, dressed, ready, you know, that type deal. So then, okay, so now we're starting to get in basketball mode. And then once we start talking hoops, you know, the first thing typically. Maybe not the first thing, but nine times out of ten, what I always say is, listen, you know, whether I work with you or not, you're here for a reason, which means you can work. So I'm not going to go into all the rules. All What I'm going to tell you is you control your third. I control mine. He control his. He or she control his. And we're going to work great as a crew, right? Um, make sure our crew dynamics are tight. Uh, make sure we over-communicate. Let's make sure we don't let any of the, the small things bite us. You know, make sure... Worst case scenario, make sure we don't kick any rules, right? Don't come back in at halftime, and that's like me telling you, Paul, hey, man, you know what? I think on that play, you probably should have had a – it was a goal, Tim, but I just forgot. Like, don't tell me that. We missed it. We just missed it. Don't come back and tell me what you should have had. Like, let me know, right? Because it does no good, right? So I talk about stuff like that, you know, and then maybe I spend a minute, a couple of minutes on the points of emphasis. We talk about if we had any crazy plays throughout the year, any awkward plays throughout the year, so that way if we did have them, you know, we can avoid making mistakes. Um, and, again, I always end it with uh, make sure we go out and we have fun, right? Control we control. You know, what we don't want is to ever let coaches, players, anybody show us up. You know, I always tell people I don't know your level of tolerance with players and coaches. What I do know is once I see a coach go beyond or cross that line, I will address it. You know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to address it, but if I feel like, it's not been addressed, and I will step up and be like, hey, you know, some coach, some supervisor want the stop sign. Sometimes it's not warranted, but just make sure, you know, we never let a coach or player, you know, show us up. Um, as long as they get to the game, we good. And then let's go out and have some fun. Look out for one another, and let's top it up. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing that. Adrian. I hope your arm isn't sore. I hope your hand wasn't up that long, but uh, you can unmute. And Carmela, way to be a great partner and have her back. Uh, Adriana, why don't you unmute and ask uh, Ernest a question? <laughs> I appreciate that, Carmela. Thanks for that, uh, Paul. No, I'm all good. My arm's not tired. Thankfully, it's a Zoom hand, so I'm good. Um, so, Ernest, I have a question for you. I appreciate you being here and taking the time to talk with us, by the way. Um, yep, so my question is, um, is dealing with uh, assigners and observers um, that they call, they come and check your games out. Sometimes the, the uh, assigners and the observers have preferences and sometimes they have different personalities and different things that may, I guess, kind of uh, may create kind of an obstacle or, or a barrier as far as building relationship goes. So just curious to know how you handle those situations and if you had those situations, maybe give us an example of how you've dealt with them. Not necessarily giving out names, but just kind of helping us get some guidance on how to deal with those types of situations. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, you're right. Uh, definitely a good question. So I think over time you learn um, what certain assigners and what certain observers who are on your games are looking for. Um, and so it was, I don't know if you had been on a call yet, but I think I talked to Paul earlier, like when in Rome, right? So if you know I'm going to this conference game, I know what this assigner is looking for. Um, I may err on the side of caution to doing things more by the book per the way he want, he or she wants it versus, um, you know, assigner A or observer A versus observer B. Now, and I, you, you ask for example, I'll give you a perfect example. I was at a game earlier this year where I was with, I would say, two, we call them, we call them two heavies in Division One, right? Um, meaning solid D1 guys, probably work um, Power 5 conferences. And I was the, not the rookie, but I was the the, the young guy out of the crew. Um, and I had uh, an observer there who I hadn't heard of before, had never seen before, right? So I got my observation back, NCAA observation back. Um, and it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. But in a, in a post game, in the locker room, Paul, the weirdest thing, he told me, he was like, yeah, um, you know, just, you just, you know, you're, you're kind of quiet. You're kind of laid back too much. Um, I need you to have some swag. <laughs> so I looked around in my head. I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, on the court? Like, I didn't say it, but I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I was, you know, you got to, you got to, okay, all right, you know, all right, okay, I got you. I got you. He was like, yeah, have, have a little swag or whatever. And I was like, okay, I got it. Now, mind you, you know, what do they tell us, Paul, you know, in camp and everywhere else, y'all, you know, make sure you're by the book, mechanically sound, make sure everything is, you know, get in your case book, get in your mechanics book. And I got my partners, and it's funny, I got my partners, they, you know, they screwed it from the timeline, you know, coming through, swinging, you know, not posting. I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to just be popping in it. And I got told, get a little bit more swag, get a little. So I think with everything, uh, Adriana, I think, you know, it is more of a win in Rome, but you just adjust, right? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I think you can make or any of us can make as younger officials, um, you don't ever want to be that that yeah, but referee, right? You don't want to have someone tell you, hey, I, I saw you on this play. You probably need to step down. You probably could have got a better angle. You know, get a little bit more swag, get a little more pep, you know, a little bit more robotic. We want to see people who are athletic and fluid. And then the first thing that's out of your mouth is, well, yeah, but on this play I saw, well, yeah, but I would. So the minute you get labeled as that, as that, like, it's hard to break that perception because that travels with you. Because what happens is when you're on games, and that travels with you through the assigning, on the assigning supervisors, through the observers, through partners, or whatever, they may crack a joke. But that means they've heard that, okay, you're that yeah, but referee. That means... But everything someone tells you, it's always a yeah, but, right? And it's hard to build positive relationships doing that type of stuff. So you just not necessarily play the game, Adriana, but you just take everything in. Even if you know some of the things that people may be telling you, you like in your head, you was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm sitting here listening, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to listen with a smile because I don't want him to know that I don't agree with anything he's saying. But, okay, I got you. All right, cool. And, we're going to sell anyone out the other. It's like a filter. 
you filter in and take in the good and whatever you don't want to take with you to improve your game, you throw it on the, throw it away and keep moving. Right. Uh, one of the things that I've learned, Adriana, is when you get those, you know, when you get those uh, reports, those game reports uh, from whether really it's an observer, whether it's an insider, think about how many games and how many plays and how many people they observe all year long. You know, so a lot of this stuff probably runs together. He might have told me the same thing he told Paul, the same thing he might have told Carmilla the night before, and he might have told Shiloh, right, if it's even remotely close. So I just kind of take everything with a grain of salt and learn not to take stuff personally. I think one of my biggest faults or learnings as I was coming up, thinking I was better than what I was, what probably held me back from moving up quicker was when I would get feedback, I took everything personally when it wasn't a personal attack. And I did it so much to where I couldn't decipher whether it was something that was someone that was genuinely trying to help me get better or whether it was a personal thing to me thinking, damn, what? So, because the first thing I would do was, well, damn, he didn't tell him that, but I know he did ABCD on this play, mm-hmm. but he told me. So once I got past that and just understood, you know, whether it was good feedback, great feedback, not so-so feedback, when I got the person out the way and just learned how to filter a lot of information out and keep what I wanted to keep, I think it helped me grow as a referee and not always want to respond to everything. Plus, uh, eliminating judgment of your partners and the feedback they're getting and not worrying or stressing that back to what you said, controlling what you can control, it becomes a lot clearer for you not having to kind of navigate all, all their feedback. You're just trying to figure yourself Correct. out. Correct. So, so I hope I answered your question, Adriana. Yeah, you did. I really appreciate that. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes because you don't know um, kind of when you're getting that feedback, it's like, man, like, cause you can't please everybody without changing who you are and changing, you know, your mechanics. Like you say, get a little bit of swag on the court. Now you on the court next game, trying to figure out how to add swag into your game and it's distracting you from refereeing the game. You know what I mean? So that's, that's good to hear. You can filter a lot of that stuff out because like a lot of the times for me personally, I know when I get that feedback, I don't take it personally, but I do you know, take it um, and apply it or at least try to apply it. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's good to hear it so you can filter out some of that stuff and just kind of, you know, ref your game and eventually everything will work out. So, I- Yeah. Nah, no problem. It's been, I tell you, it's been some drives back from games. I'd be like, how in the world? Like, what was he looking at? Like, that's what, that's what I'm thinking in my head. But if, so the what was he, you know, what was he looking at or how, how did he see that? That mindset now was different than it was four or five years ago. Now it was like, okay. Let me look at the tape and see what I, what he saw, and like you said, just just move on, take it with a grain of salt, and move on. Just get better. At the end of the day, I always find them to get better. Like I got to supervise say it all the time. I don't know a referee that's ref there. They haven't been a perfect referee game yet, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. So always something to improve on. So that was a good question, though. I appreciate that because that made me self reflect for a second. So I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. You yeah, know, no and having that inner confidence to be able to uh, you know listen to people's. Feedback, you know, take what you like, disregard what you don't. But ultimately, you have to be your biggest critic and you have to have the self-awareness to know your strengths and your weaknesses more than anybody else does. You know? Absolutely, my man. Well, this has been fun, Ernest. I feel like uh, we should jam for another couple hours. I feel like all we need is a few more questions for you and you just keep going and going. Uh, what did we miss? What did we miss? What else you want to say to the uh, audience of dedicated basketball officials that are listening in? 
Man, this this game has a lot to offer. Man, it's been fun. My journey has been unlike any other. I think one of the cool things about refereeing is the relationship that you build, right? Um, whether it's camp, whether it's partners doing games or whatnot. I mean, I got friends now who, you know, we are friends strictly because of basketball refereeing. Didn't know them before camp. Now they know my wife, met my kids, they're coming to New York, I'm going where they are, right? Um, you know, and it's cool. So I think that's the fun part about it. And on top of that, man, just think about it. I mean, where else in the world do you get to do stuff like refereeing basketball to get to make money and enjoy something that you really love doing, you know? For me, I look at refereeing as I could be having an awful day at work, Paul, but I know when I put them stripes on, I'm in control. Like, the game can't go on without me and my partner. So no matter what that happened at work, I want to, you know, my boss and got on my nerves, you know. It, it was bad. Sometimes you wipe the kids in. I was like, man, like, I can't even get a break. But when I put the stripes on, it's like, all right, it's my show now. Like, I can control. That's why people at work don't understand how I can be so calm when stuff be going haywire. It's like, man, I just worked the game with 2,500 fans sitting right on top of me. It didn't call me everything but the child of God. You think I'm worried about why I didn't make a production number? I don't care about that. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, that's going to be my attitude. That's what, that's what refereeing does for me. It calls me down at work because I know I got people calling me every, well, you suck, all this type of stuff. He's like, oh, okay. And I go to work and we don't make production numbers or we don't get something out on time shipped. It's like, Ernest, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. We're going to get that. Like, I mean, that's the new attitude. Not that I don't care. It's like, we're going to get it, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know what else you missed, Paul. You know, I, I, ain't know, I ain't really know what to expect, honestly. But, I mean, it's been cool, man. It was, you know, and I told you, um, Oh, by the way, y'all, I do use Paul's uh, crown ref whistle on all important games, by the way, uh, just in case. He got on me like two years ago, and I bought a few whistles, and I told him I'm going to use his whistle, so I do carry it in my pocket in every, to every game, just to let you know, Paul. So. How did I get Thank you. How did I get on you? What did I say to you? Did I confront you? I mean, what, what was said? Yeah, we were at camp, and you and you saw I had I probably had like a, a MIAC whistle or like some other whistle that wasn't crowd rest, and you were like, "Bro, when you gonna join the team?" I mean, I'm just saying. I'm like, "Oh damn, my bad, but I didn't mean to, I didn't mean no disrespect. Let me get my crown weapon, so I end up getting two. It was a little shocking, but I just want you to be your best self, so that's why I wanted you to 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 make sure you're rocking the whistle, <laughs> so your percentage could go up three to seven percent. You're correct. Hey, good luck. If my percentage goes up three to seven, I hope not only my games because it goes up thirteen <laughs> to seventeen. Then we be, then we really be rolling. I'll, I will whistle to work. <laughs> uh, this is great stuff, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and and share your expertise and your experience and speak with uh, our group. So, um, best of luck to you in the future, and I hope to see you on the court soon. Yes, sir, man. It's always a pleasure working with you, man. You know I support. Keep doing your thing, man. Proud of you. Uh, hopefully we do get – we're going to meet up at some point at camp time this summer, I'm sure. But uh, keep working, everybody. It's coming. Like I said, I don't know what opportunity is going to be there for everyone, but once you get it, just make sure you take advantage. That's probably the best advice I can give you. Awesome. Great stuff. Great. That's, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks for everybody being on the call. Appreciate this. Ernest, you were awesome. Uh, everybody else have a great uh, night. We're going to meet up um, this Sunday. Pedro's going to host a, a play sharing night. So if you have plays, um, come on in and, and share your plays uh, Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, we got a play session on Sunday? We got a play session on Sunday? Yes. Would you like to join us? I 
ain't got nothing going. I ain't got no game. If you want to be working at NCAA tournament, I'll be right here. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to use the same link. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know every week, you know, when we meet and feel free to, to come and and add your value that, that, that you have. So we, we'd love to have you. No problem. I was a good way to improve, man. I have no problem joining the play session. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, uh, Ernest, while I have you, can you send me a couple pictures, ref pictures? Yeah, I got a couple. Make sure Big Will, what's up, man? <laughs> Will's driving. <laughs> Will's probably uh, driving an Uber right now. He might have somebody in the car. Say hello to his uh, his guest in the car who's in the back seat. Paul, <laughs> check your email. I thought I sent you a couple of pictures. Oh, did you? Okay, you probably you probably have. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, a few I got like two, I got like two references. One for my first game this year, and then one. Um, I just looked like my three was really marked really well. And I got someone <laughs> took a really good picture, so I have a really good picture of me marking the three really well from the corner. Oh, nice. So I did you two of those. An action mechanic shot. I like that. An action mechanic. It was left-handed, so it looked even better on camera. Offhand. Yo, how could that clinician question your swag level? Bro, if you would have said, I called my wife. I, I was like, hey. I was like, God told me I was too stiff. I need to be a little bit more loose, a little bit more robotic. And I was like, I hadn't heard that in like eight years. <laughs> like, how do I, like I probably, you know, I probably am just being cool and chill and if nothing else, I, you know, even if I get my damn call wrong, I'm gonna make sure when I, you know, I'm gonna be smooth. I'm like the, the smoothest wrong rep on earth, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. But I, I said, whoa, so, you know, I was just like, all right. Um, I just took it with a grain of salt. I was like, maybe let me, let me see what I didn't do. But, you know, but it, it all worked out. Because my next same observer, probably a month later, observed again. And my my rating went from, some of my stars went from, like, very good to, like, exceptional. And some of the athleticism, stuff like that. So, again, I use, I use everything as motivation, you know. You know how people talk about having a chip on their shoulders? Just use everything as motivation. Like, knowing, like, you know, okay, I don't know where it's come from, but I'm going to show you better. I can tell you. It just, let your actions speak. Mm-hmm. Amen. Appreciate your time, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Everybody else, yes, thanks sir. for coming on. You guys are the best. Appreciate your time for listening. Y'all have a good one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ernest. Appreciate it, Paul. Thank Thanks, you. Have a good Thanks, night. Paul. Thank Be you. safe, guys. Good night, Paul. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri.